0: I'm trying to break the stigma that you can network your way into a real estate deal. You can add value and somehow work your way into a real estate deal. As long as you can just give up the concept of instant gratification and just hone delayed gratification. If you really want to add value, it'll work out. Again.
1: How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality income producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on BuildingBits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while Building Bits' team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building for the first time the big corporations in america can actually start paying you and when the building is sold in the future the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income but also in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Hakeem Velez, how you doing, Hakeem?
0: I'm um, great, Joe. Thanks
1: for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Hakeem, he is a tight end in the NFL. He has played for three teams, let's see, the Cardinals, the Lions, and the Giants most recently. And most relevant to us, he has been investing in real estate for seven years. He started by flipping 10 houses in college. So I imagine you are playing football and also flipping homes in college. You're a very busy man in college. He's based in New York City, and you can say hi to him. We have his link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So with that being said, you want to give the best of our listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Joe, for the beautiful introduction. Like you were saying, my name's Hakeem. I originally went to Monmouth University. It's a small school in New Jersey, and it's one of the few schools in the country that has a real estate program for an undergrad. So my undergrad is business with a concentration in real estate. So while I was in college, I found a mentor. Was essentially the girl I was dating. Her dad at the time had just started flipping houses, and he knew I was a real estate major, and he kind of took me under his wing And I just had to decide different places and facets in his business where I wanted to add value. So I was the guy swinging the sledgehammer. I was the guy driving for dollars, and I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time. I was knocking on doors of pre-foreclosures and putting in offers. I was handwriting our direct mail campaigns. It was a lot of experience, and the wildest part about it is I didn't even know about bigger pockets at the time. I was just experiencing and doing. It was wild. It was kind of hard to do playing Division One college football. It's not the easiest thing to do, but real estate is something that I'm passionate about and I love. So I made time and made it happen. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of transitioned my career, like you were saying, I went to the Arizona Cardinals as a rookie. And what I decided to do was to house hack a fourplex using my FHA loan. I bought a four unit in Phoenix, lived in one unit, rented out the other three and. It was awesome. It was, I mean, it was completely opposite of what my teammates were doing. Oh, I guarantee oh. you, the opposite of what <laughs> my at the time. Yeah, and you'd be surprised at the neighborhood that like the fourplexes. I mean, one of my tenants was Section Eight, and like I didn't mind it. Was still, it was, <laughs> it was the right move for me at the time, uh-huh. um, and it really protected me because I, I have a brother as well who's an NFL player, and I watched him while I was in college when he got traded from the Oakland Raiders to the Buffalo Bills. He was still locked in on a lease in Oakland for like another six months paying 3000 a month for rent. I'm like, man, that's $18,000 going to air. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it essentially protected me. So when I knew I was inevitably going to get cut from the Arizona Cardinals, when I got cut, I took that unit and now my property manager Airbnbs it. Mm-hmm. And it does double of what it would do for renting it out. And then I really rent and repeated and did the same exact thing when I got to Detroit. Within a month, I found a duplex lived downstairs. And my fiance, she handled the Airbnb upstairs and it, it covered our mortgage. And then once we just had a newborn, I'm the father of a five-month-old. Congrats. Thank you, sir. After the baby came, we decided to stop Airbnb. And then moving forward, after I was released from the Lions, I have property manager renting that property out now. And moving forward, I've just found mentors along the way. I'm currently working with a few partners out of Detroit and Miami, and we're starting an opportunity zone fund. We're heading over to Germany to start raising the capital for that at the end of February. We're, we're heading out to Germany to go to start this fund, which so I'm really excited about. Going to capitalize on the the opportunity zones across the country. But yeah, it's essentially where I'm at. I've invested investing for seven years. Real estate's my passion, my lifeblood, like what I eat, sleep. I try and yeah, I talk to everybody about real estate, and, and I, I love it.
1: So you talked to everybody about real estate. I imagine you were talking to everybody about real estate while you were playing for the Cardinals and the Lions and you were house hacking. If that is the case, what were your teammates saying about what you were doing?
0: So essentially how I approached the process was, I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Blank. Sure. I took his guide on how to raise money. He teaches you on to create a sample deal package and present it to investors when you don't have a property under contract. So after my, I'm trying to think which season this was, after my rookie year or second year, I, I built out the sample deal package. It was like a 50 unit property in Phoenix using his syndicated deal analyzer, which is amazing software. I mean, with that, I can analyze a deal in like 10 minutes, but be the most professional looking model that you've seen. And I essentially made this very nice sample deal package, went to Staples, got it laminated. I had like a hundred books. I started out actually doing it myself in my office, laminating and hole-punching. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I went to Staples and like just paid for it, got it all done. And literally as the season ended, so you know, this was my second year. As the season ended, January 1, I had the markets that I had liked. I knew different players in those markets and the former players that I'd played with. I set up an itinerary and I spent a month just traveling around the country presenting the sample deal and getting commitments. Over time, it took about a month, month and a half. I had about a million and a half in commitments, I'd say. And from their perspective, I'd say they're very receptive to the concept of real estate. You know, Everybody loves real estate and everybody knows somebody who invests in real estate. Mm-hmm. It's just more about educating. Most NFL guys have different finance guys and different sharks throwing deals at them every single day, not really knowing what's good and what's bad. I guess from my perspective, being a player, it helps that certain level of trust of being a player, going through the grind and all of that. And I didn't saturate my market. I'm not real estate, real estate, real estate. I was very organic about it. The guys who gravitated towards me, and I like trust and respect, and we all like trust and respect in each other, then we do dinner, and it would be almost like just an education session. I'm explaining how cap rates work, how markets work, the difference between commercial real estate versus single family real estate, and then just giving them a walkthrough, just play-by-play play of exactly how a value-add apartment syndication would work, showing them the different structures, showing them my fee structure, how I don't do an acquisition fee because I'm not looking to make money upfront and things like that. Uh, it was awesome. And then essentially, whenever I get a deal, I hit them up and then it works very smooth. And I had one massive deal in St. Louis, 56 units, it was for 5.6 million. And I had negotiated the seller to carry back a portion of the purchase price. Earnest money deposit is in, we're in due diligence. And I had gotten the, from the accountant, the seller's accountant, I had gotten their actual numbers from like their LLC's bank account from their income statements. Uh-huh. And from what they advertised from their pro forma, because it was an off-market deal, yep. the NOI was off by about two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's a lot depressed. on a fifty-unit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, and I'm like, "Are you like this is this like, can't be real?" And they tried to renegotiate, drop the price, all this different stuff, and I'm like, "No, I can't. The value of my network is too important to risk it on bending to make this deal work." I could have taken last and still made the deal work, but I didn't know what the seller was lying about. So I essentially went back to each of those investors because I'd pres- after presenting the sample deal, I went back to all of them, sent them out my package of you know the syndicated deal analyzer with the facts about the property and the market to all of them. And they were all in and I had to go back and go, look, this is why we're not doing the deal X, Y, and Z. And the awesome part about it is that they respected me twofold, and now they're just hungry and waiting to get on the next deal.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you have your fourplex in Phoenix, and you still have a fourplex in Detroit? It's a
0: duplex in Detroit. Duplex, yeah, sorry, I still yeah.
1: have it. duplex in Detroit. And then, once you got those two, then you were really hitting the pavement and preparing for some larger deals and you rounded up verbal commitments of 1.5 million by educating players and then you came across a 56 unit, the seller was not telling you the truth about what they were offering and so you exited out of that deal and, and now you're focused with some business partners, the Opportunity Fund, is that accurate? or are there, are there any deals in between that we missed? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So with the business partner, we're doing the opportunity zone. And then with my NFL investors, I'm not going to bring them in on the fund. With them, I'm still working, like we talked about before the call,
1: I'm working on a
0: direct mail campaign and a cold call campaign on uh, specific markets that I've done research on across the country. And with those markets, I want to stick to like the five to 50 unit range with those markets and with those investors. Because these are deals that I wouldn't say I'm going to take down myself because I plan on partnering with different people in markets if the right opportunity comes about. But when I went out to raise all of that money in those different markets that I like, I also built up teams. I was meeting with property management companies. I was meeting with an attorney in each market that's familiar with that state. Meeting with probably like five to six brokers per market um, and then just local investors. Every time I was traveling to each market, I'd put out a message on VP like, you know, hey, I'm in one of my markets is Las Vegas. I was like, I'm in Vegas. If any investors want to go golfing, please let me know. And I met an awesome investor. And we've had an awesome relationship since. That's where my life is kind of going and gravitating towards. And like I was saying, with real estate, it's just, honestly, it's one of those industries where most industries it's. There's always a winner and there's a loser. When it comes to competition in real estate, I feel like competition just brings out the best in you and everybody can win. The more people who win, the better.
1: Mm-hmm. With the Opportunity Zone Fund, I believe you said you're traveling to Germany. Why Germany to raise money for an opportunity fund that's going to be in the U.S.?
0: My partner, he's also a real estate attorney from Michigan. And he, I think, let's say 30 to 40% of his business is overseas because he's multilingual. And he deals with a bunch of family offices in the Detroit market from an attorney perspective. And funny, the one thing why I swear about bigger pockets is because I met these people through bigger pockets and they're not even on bigger pockets, just like a friend of a friend of a friend, just Uh through networking on bigger pockets. But we went golfing with these people from Ireland and they're connected with a family office in Germany who my partner has done plenty of deals with in the past through these people from Ireland and they deploy $350 $350 million of capital in the United States every year for single-family houses, And essentially, the pitch is having them allocate $150 million of their capital gains towards opportunity zones, because it makes sense. I mean, the capital gains they're seeing from that injection of all that capital are getting taxed like crazy, and it's a win-win. What
1: would be your role in that
0: So my daily role right now, I'm literally finishing up the finishing touches because we're going to send them like a pre-pitch before we get out there. And then when we get out there, we're going to each take our own role on the pitch section by section. And then as the fun rolls out, it's going to be more of a market perspective. My one partner has the Northeast, my other partner has the Southeast, and I have the Southwest market. And then... My other role is from a perspective of my partners and me, I'm like the younger guy and I can move around a lot more. So I'm more of a networker and I make things happen. Because like I said, how I work is I like to add value to people's lives. And one thing I try and tell a lot of young people is that you can network your way into real estate deals. The stigma around real estate is that you need to be 40 years old and rich in order to invest in real estate or you need to be retired to invest in real estate when I'm trying to break the stigma that you can network your way into a real estate deal. You can add value and somehow work your way into a real estate deal. As long as you can just give up the concept of instant gratification and just hone delayed gratification. If you really want to add value, it'll work out in the end.
1: Yeah. I love that. Our society is conditioned to want instant gratification and, That's why a lot of people don't stick with one thing over a period of time and do it consistently because they don't see the immediate results. But I completely agree with you. You can network your way into real estate deals, and then once you network your way into a couple, then that builds momentum, and then you can not worry about the networking into a couple because then you're being presented opportunities and you go from there. Exactly. The conversations you have with NFL investors or players who are wanting to invest in a deal that you put together, what are some questions that they have when you're talking to them? Because you said the education piece is the important part of it, but then also they're getting presented deals, quote unquote, from all sorts of different angles and for better or worse. So I'm sure they have their guard up as well. So you've got to break through the guard that they rightfully have up and then educate them on this. So what are some questions that are typically asked of you?
0: I'd say one of the biggest questions is always is who's your team and who else are you with? And that's why the route of first building teams anyway. And I instantly, no matter what, lose credibility. I gain credibility, NFL guys, but I also lose credibility because I'm not a suit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not some suit coming in trying to present you this deal. I'm I'm on the field with you. And then in the locker room, we're talking about it. Even in the industry as well, it's the same exact thing. Like, oh, you're just a football player. I'm so passionate about real estate. I hate that stigma. You're just a jock. And that's another thing. I'm, I'm starting a podcast. It's called Not Just Jocks. We're trying to change the stigma of what jocks are, highlighting what athletes do outside of their sport. Even for this pitch, when we're going to Germany. I don't want to be the dumb jock on the side of the room. So for the last two and a half months, I've been learning German. Watch Netflix movies in German. I watch TV shows in German and I have <laughs> Rosetta Stone in German. Why not? Do you know what I'm saying? Like opportunity of a lifetime. Like take advantage of it in the lifetime of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But more like questions that they have. One is always the team. Who are you dealing with? Two it's honestly the market. That's why I was strategic. And as I traveled market to market, the markets that I like, I like to talk to investors in that market because just to start with a lot of NFL guys, like you said, very, not sheltered, but like there's so much, like you said, there's so many deals that they see every day. They're only going to go with what they're comfortable with. So I like to really frame it to the perspective of we're working on deals across the country, but to start with, I'd rather do a deal in the market that you already know. Do you know what I'm saying? Or are comfortable. There's some where it's like, okay, the perfect example. I have a couple of teammates who are Samoan, And Obviously, I'm not investing out there like uh, Brandon Turner, but it really comes down to just educate. I've spent like three hours breaking down deals to people. And then it really comes down to also they want to do background checks on everything. We get like a free background service as an NFL player. And it's annoying to some investors, even like my partners, but it's just a process that just it has to happen. And once it happens and once everything is fluid, it's a beautiful process.
1: Free background check services is, is a very necessary tool. I'm glad that that with all the different opportunities that I imagine are sent your way and everyone's way. Who's in What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Well,
0: my best investing advice is to just get going. At least those preconceived notions that whatever's holding you back and just get going well thing that helped me back from getting my foreplay play, did know if my dad was going to be like cool with it or not and I remember telling him about it and how excited he was when I told him I was like wait what and then like a month and a half later I was in a foreplay because it was just like that was what's
1: holding me back like just get going we're gonna do a lightning round you ready for the best ever lightning round absolutely all right let's do it first quick word from our best ever partners Wouldn't it be nice to buy a piece of institutional quality income producing commercial real estate buildings for as little as $500? Now you can with Building Bits. Building Bits is a new platform where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building leased to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available only for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of the current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC Offering Circular is available at buildingbits.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Okay, best ever book you've recently read? The Go-Giver. Bob Berg. Great book. Amazing. Best ever deal you've done?
0: My fourplex with the FHA loan. I put down 13000 It cash flows about 800 bucks a month. I've never... Paid a dollar out of my pocket because the tenants pay the mortgage.
1: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
0: My duplex in Michigan, I was so eager to move in. I breezed through the inspection report and I had a cracked pipe going straight down the middle of the house. Mm. How much of that? I dealt dealt with that. Detroit's hard with handyman. So I had to deal with like three different handymans and plumbers. It cost about seven grand and no kitchens on either floor for about a month because they had to go straight through the wall. So that was a mistake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's the best ever way you like to give back? By giving my time.
0: I like to take the time and just... You inspired me, actually, to... After booking my podcast, by booking the podcast to be on your show, that link of appointlet.com, I was like, whoa, I was really convenient. And literally went on, signed up for Appointlet, and now it's amazing. Now people can kind of respect my time. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I'm sorry, I went on a tangent. Didn't even realize what your question was and why I even brought up a pointlet.
1: That's all right. Best ever way you like to give back.
0: Oh yeah, talking to people about real estate. So I have a lot of teammates, even just like college people who just want to know about real estate, and no one is giving it to them genuinely. A lot of the stuff about real estate that you're looking for out there, a lot of the most the best advice, sometimes you're not gonna even find it on Google. You got to look in books. So I kind of just give myself, I give my time to people, and I, you know, I send them that a pointlet link. If you guys want to talk about real estate, bam. Here's 30 minutes whenever you want to chat. We chat. I got like three or four calls today.
1: How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? My
0: website is currently under construction. I know you said that you're gonna blast my LinkedIn link, and then besides that, just social media.
1: My Twitter
0: and Instagram is the same. It's Hock H A K Valles V A L L E S, and then the number eighty eight zero.
1: Anything you want to say in German before we take off? <laughs> das Boot. Rosetta Stone is serving you well. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Yeah, we're we're beer fed. (laughs) Really enjoyed our conversation and learning about how you've been focused on real estate since college and managing to excel in both school and the football stuff, as well as the real estate stuff simultaneously. What a person who's good at prioritizing your time but also maintaining focus clearly you have to maintain focus in each of those things so it's not just prioritizing but it's channeling the focus when you're prioritizing that very impressive it's it's tough to go to college and graduate for some people and then for other people it's tough to go to college and play a sport and then i don't know too many people who go to college graduate, play a sport, and also flip 10 houses while in college. Uh, very <laughs> impressive. And then clearly it's it's flowed from college to today and what you're doing. So really enjoyed hearing about your approach and what you've been up to. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best every day, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Absolutely. Thanks again, Joe. I appreciate you having me.
1: When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.